All right, let's check the voicemail. Game dev breakdown. You can find it on Roku. You better leave that five-star review. Get jiggy with it. Good evening, fans. Tim Kittrow here, the voice of NBA Jam. And you're listening to the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast, brought to you by CodeWritePlay.com. Boom shakalaka. My mom gave birth in 1985. I was blue than a Pac-Man ghost, barely alive. In the Cold War, my only blanket was Tetris. I played Rampart with Reagan Rampage, the world for breakfast. The laundry mat was my sanctuary. The arcade was my church. Welcome back to Game Dev Breakdown. Todd Mitchell here. You know me. And I hope you're comfortable with me because I will be alone in the studio today. I am actually always alone in the studio. What I mean to say is I will not be doing an interview in this show and I won't have any friends on. So uh, we do a few types of episodes around here. We do interviews with experts from the industry, whether they be indies, pros, people who have just accomplished fantastic things that I want to tell you about. We do episodes where I have friends on who are content creators, streamers, just buddies, you know, whatever it is, if I think they will entertain you, I have them on, and and usually we get a positive response out of that. We do episodes that are news roundups, so if I think there have been a a series of good things to talk about, I'll do a quick news roundup show, and we can uh, sort of keep tabs on the industry, not to obsess, just to stay relevant. Finally, in the rare circumstance where I feel like I personally have something that I can instill or pass on to you that might help what you're doing right now, I will do sort of a, I don't know if educational is the right word. We're going to try to have some fun, but uh, informative show where I can hopefully shed some light on something that you can directly take to work from day to day. So this is one of those last types of episode. Ladder? Lattice? Lastest? This is one of the lastest types of episode. Because in the past, uh, particularly a couple of years ago, when we regularly talked to my buddy John Scheiber, who is a fantastic guitarist and runs a metal band and does promotion and uh, sells albums and stuff, he had a lot of great insight on marketing and managing social media. Uh, we just talked community management with Matt Hill And that was awesome, but um, that sort of spun off into discussion of websites. So we've talked about websites and how you could start one and run one on the show, but a couple of years have passed, and I feel like people are starting to feel a little bit differently about the role of websites. So this is an area I feel like I can help for a few reasons. One, there's a good chance you found this podcast through my website, CodeWritePlay.com. I started CodeWriteplay, I run CodeWriteplay, and it's not, it's far from the first website that I have run, so I've got that hands-on experience. Uh, I'm professionally trained in marketing and worked for a major web marketing company at one time. I did search engine optimization web development. I've worked in, briefly, in pay-per-click advertising, so I have been in charge of these things in the past, and there are a few reasons I think that I can help. So the way this topic came up is after we talked community management, we talked about websites on Twitter and on Discord, and people had some sort of surprising stances on this. And I noticed they're changing over time. So whereas a few years ago, everybody was like, yes, I have to just decide whether I need a studio website or a game website, and and I'll take care of it from there. 
okay, since that time, a few art forms have kind of taken off. Running your own itch page, designing your Steam page, and, you know, curating what what information you're going to put there. And so I kind of understand how over time people have put less emphasis on a website. So there are sort of two versions of this. One is somebody says, I don't need a website because I have itch, or I don't need a website because I have Steam. And the other version is someone will recognize, like, I do need a website, but I don't know where to get started, or it's taking up too much of my time. So we're going to try to address all of that in this episode. So to answer the question, do you need a website? I maintain, even still, that you do. You do need a website, but I completely sympathize with people who go, that's going to be a giant pain and I don't, you know, I don't have time or I don't understand, you know, how to do it the best way. As for people who say, like, I I still don't understand why I need a website, let's start by giving some bullet points just to hopefully bring most people on board with this stance. Okay, reasons you need a website. First of all, like I said before, I used to work in search engine optimization. And if you don't really know what that means or you've heard it and you're not too sure how it works, the idea is you are making changes to your website and running your website in such a way that ideally it gets ranked as highly as possible in search engine results. And if you think that just means Google, you are correct. Not one other search engine matters to the majority of anyone. So right or wrong. So you're basically trying to do anything you can to go for that top spot on Google search results. People pay big money for this too. And it's also why you hear from spammers all the time or get cold emails from people you've never met who go, we know you've got a website or, you know, we know you've got a product and we will put together a website for you that's guaranteed number one in Google. First of all, that's a lie. That's a lie. You cannot guarantee that Google is going to put you on top no matter who you are. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. The number one thing I would tell you about you needing or not needing a website, Google seems to lend extra authority to websites as it pertains to products, brands, stuff like that. Social media posts tend to get picked up by Google. All the app store pages, all the the game store pages, those will show up somewhere in Google but you will get a lot more leeway and a lot more control if you have your own website where Google can go. If you're looking to play Bunny Festival 2, you need to search for that in Google, and here's bunnyfestival2.com. Don't go there. I don't know what it is. Don't come at me about that later. Point being, you're maximizing your search exposure if you have your own website. And... Once you have that website up, you can sort of broaden your content to go for terms like games about bunnies, games about festivals, you know, stuff like that. And if you do the website management correctly, you can widen your audience just that way. So another reason is, and this is sort of an offshoot of that last one, you need marketing that's under your control. That's something you can't really do any other way. So you say, I've got my itch page. You, you get a lot of freedom about what you want to do and what you want to say on your itch page. But you don't get that same sort of weight of authority from Google. And when it comes to Steam and other, you know, certain other places you can be listed, you don't get much control at all about how you want to present yourself or your game. And you don't have a spot where you can do it where other people can't weigh in. So, I mean, you can put up your game page, but 
Johnny Rando can come over and, you know, try to review bomb you and try to troll your page and all this stuff. And it's, it's not that people should not have a voice. I think there's a time and a place where other people should have influence over the perception of your product. You, you created this, you worked on this, you do deserve a place where you control the message and you can decide what people see without anyone else's influence. So that's another big reason to have a website still in this day and age. Here's another one. You need a central hub for resources. The, all these other places I mentioned, the Twitter, the Facebook, the Steam, the Itch, the Discord, everybody has a favorite place where they want to learn about games. As we talked about recently, Facebook is not the favorite for anyone, but all these others have people who prefer that place to learn about your game. So, you know, maybe they want to buy it on Itch or Steam. Maybe they want to read about it on Twitter or follow it in the Discord. You need a place where you can direct people wherever they want to go. So if they do throw your search terms into Google and they go, you know, I'd like to learn more about Bunny Festival too, but is it, I don't know where I came up with this. I didn't, that wasn't in my notes or anything. (laughs) Uh, Are they on Twitter? You know, where is their Steam page? If they can go to your website and just click a simple link, you're going to have a way better time than if you go, if you make someone go somewhere else and search for it. First of all, if you make them search for it somewhere else, they're going to see a bunch of other products and they might just click on that instead. You might lose a sale. If you can provide the list of resources yourself, again, you're you're sort of maintaining control, maintaining the flow from interest to purchase to play. That's an important thing for you. Finally, before we move on, and there are other reasons, but these are four big ones, you need somewhere you can host a press kit. And we will talk more about press kits shortly, but it's important that when you create something, you give that thing the best chance it has at receiving appreciation, admiration, earning some money. That's not bad. You deserve those things if you put work into something. You at least owe your own projects and your own hard work its best chance at survival. And take this from somebody who's put out games that, well, I've put out at least one game that was very well received but did not earn much. And I worked, you know, I I have some idea what my time is worth and made nothing close to that. You deserve a chance to earn some of the money back for the time you invested. To do that, you need coverage from people other than yourself, because Google also values that, and other people also value that. Ideally, you could get websites to cover it, journalists to talk about it, players to review it, stream it, content creators. You know how all this stuff goes. You need people to find this stuff and you need them to have access to stuff like screenshots or, you know, they can look up a quick due date or they can watch a YouTube trailer without trying to go find it in the app store. So you need a place people can go to download stuff about the game and the press kit is how you do that. So we'll talk about a few different ways you can do that. But by this point, I hope I've convinced you, you probably do need a website and it is probably... Let's look at it this way. If you're going, okay, I see why you say I need a website, but it's still not worth my time. Let me tell you, I'm going to give you ways to make it simple to have a website. So if you could simply have a website, hopefully you agree that it would be worth your time. With that in mind, let's talk about ways to make it easy. One way to make your web presence easy is 
you can sort of divide levels of web presence. And what I mean by that, you can probably think of websites you've been to where you pull up the URL and you find like one page with just basic information on it. Maybe you could even think of like somebody's wedding uh, website. If people put up websites for their wedding, you can put one up for your game, don't you think? But just think of like the most bare bones, like your community park, very short informational websites that just let you know the bare essential details, provide links to more information elsewhere on the web. You can surely do that. And that gives you a chance at like some search results that gives you a chance to send people to the correct store pages and stuff like that. Uh, Put up a few screenshots. You can do some version of that. If you don't know anything about making websites, you can go to like wordpress.com, which is where people will start their own. If you ever hear the difference between, or if you ever hear wordpress.com and wordpress.org and you don't know what the difference is, real quick, .com is where you can go and start your own blog on their site at wordpress.com. So your domain would be like bunnyfestival2.wordpress.com, something like that or uh, wordpress.com slash bunnyfestival2, however they do it. If you hear wordpress.org, that means it's the blog system that you can download and put on your own web hosts and run your own web, your own WordPress installation that will be bunnyfestival2.com. You won't have to go through wordpress.com to do it. You'll just use their technology to make your website. So .com, .org, hope that helps. <laughs> But I say that because I'm a long-standing WordPress user because of the simplicity. I could code a website from scratch with no trouble at all. It'd be, it would take a little more time to make like an actual blog system and a login system. And now there's, there's enough complications with security and stuff that it makes sense not to try to do it yourself and protect your own database and stuff. But the point is I could do this stuff myself. WordPress has been around for so long and it's so effective no good reason not to use that unless there's just some other content management system and that's what they call blogging systems. If there's another content management system you're more interested in, do that. I don't care about that. That's fine. Let me know how it goes. But uh, So they call those CMSs. If you want to do another CMS, there's no reason you shouldn't find a CMS you like and use that to make a very simple website. Let me tell you something about WordPress because I'm, I'm trying to explain how to whack up these levels of web presence. If you wanted to do a simple one or two page static website, meaning it doesn't update, there aren't like changing uh, posts or you don't add posts to it, anything like that. It's just like one and done. You can do static web pages with WordPress the same way you would do a blog. It's just a couple of pages. You decide what's on it, set it and forget it if you want. It's just a simple way to do it. That's a very good option. And then... You can expand later when you want. So uh, also Squarespace. Squarespace actually seems pretty good, but I've never used it on a long-term basis. I've just played around with it one or two times. But there are plenty of options. They all cost a little bit of money, but they're all about the same. Like you can use the WordPress CMS itself for free. You just have to pay for your own web hosting whatever. Or you can use um, wordpress.com and buy your own URL to point to your wordpress.com account. I know this gets a little bit complicated, but hang with me. You can get started using WordPress very simply. However it takes, get yourself at least a, at least a single page website where you can 
throw up a YouTube trailer, throw up links to everywhere else, uh, ways to contact you, stuff like that. No good reason not to have that. So if you're telling me I don't do a website because I, I can't deal with it, come on, you, you owe yourself to at least give someone something to punch up in the browser and look at. That's not going to hurt. And you've already worked so hard on everything else. Do at least that. What can you do after that? Do like your static website and get a downloadable press kit. The way to handle a press kit is if you use WordPress, you've got such nice editing tools and such fancy little layout stuff. I don't think you need to do a very fancy. Um, let me backtrack. The way to handle your press kit is there are two things you can do. One, there is actual software by Rami Ismail, I believe, that you can punch in information into a couple of pages and it will basically generate the pages for your press kit. Your press kit needs to have certain headers, certain information that it puts together. And if you need to find a tool that will allow you to do that or download someone else's template, uh, look up the one I did for Letter Taps if you want to. Uh, Letter Taps is still at artistrymastersystems.com. I still have that website for right now. I'm working on re-releasing that game in Unity, but that's the topic for another day. But I did what I believe is a very good press kit for Letter Taps. I've done a press kit also for Game Dev Breakdown. So there's one on CodeWritePlay.com on the podcast page. There are pretty simple things that all good press kits have. We're talking screenshots. We're talking intended audience, release dates where those are applicable. But if you need to download someone's software, there's the press kit system by Rami Ismail, and there are templates all around the web. for, for And use common sense. Like, look at the headers involved and look at the things that it has you fill in. Make sure it all seems <laughs> reasonable stuff that you can do, but... You definitely need a press kit. So the next level up is to have a downloadable press kit from your website. I strongly believe in that. And you can do a, you know, a, a web page version of the press kit if people don't want to download it. A lot of journalists like to find press kits they can download and deal with on their own time. So offer both of those options. Then I would put you at about level two out of three or four. So that's the next step up. If you can handle that and you feel like you can do more, I strongly, strongly suggest you do both of those previous things. You have some static pages with info. You have a press kit you can download. Then I strongly suggest you do some blog posts. So if you're using WordPress, WordPress is absolutely made for that. It's a blog system. That's what it is. If you use a different CMS, I'm sure this day in this day and age, it'll let you do regular post updates. And there are a few reasons for that. People want to see active websites. The more text content you put on your site that's related to what you're doing, the better those search results are going to get. So, I mean, CodeWrite Play has very effective search presence now, not because I used to work in the game and used to work with clients to help improve their search standings, but because of the sheer volume of content I understand that when I do a thing like a podcast, I need to put up notes that include keywords about what we're doing. And this isn't trying to game the system. This is me trying to put up valuable content for people to find. So if they are searching for games about bunnies and games about festivals, you've done some posts and you have many chances of coming up in those search results. And over time, Google goes, this website talks a lot about 
bunny festivals and it's not spammy keywords like they do blog posts and they do uh, static pages and they've got downloads you can do about bunny festivals. We consider them an authority on bunny festivals. And that's the idea. That's what they call it. They want you to be an authority in Google's opinion. And once you are, you have it made. So that's why a blog is such a good idea. So if you can do like a post a week or even a month, if you can do like medium to long posts, including a lot of text about what you're doing that includes those valuable, you know, phrases relevant to what you're doing, then you've got this growing content base that looks better and better all the time. And you're not doing anything sneaky or bad. You're just explaining to people what what you're doing. Don't do a blog post that's just like bunny festival, bunny, 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 festival, 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 bunny festival to bunny festival download. Uh, Don't try that. You will absolutely tank and kill your search results. Don't do that. That's not anything I told you to do. I said make nice, natural content. And that's what I told all my old clients too. Like, you're not trying to game the system. You're trying to be the best. And by being the best, you would be providing content that people are interested in next to your t-shirt store. Talk about how you make the t-shirts. Talk about the best t-shirts, in your opinion. Make lists of t-shirts you like. Stuff like that. There are natural ways to do that. And you can look further into that topic if you like. But I'm here to tell you, if you're just doing this, if you're providing valuable posts on a regular basis, you are going to get fantastic results. That is why, when it comes to the question of do I make a studio website or a game website, I strongly advise a studio website that has pages for each game. Several reasons for that. For one thing, people come to your website to find one of your games and might leave to play another because they found another one of your products that they like. That's a good thing. You've got a much larger base of growing content. Your website can be more flexible. When you make another game next year, you don't have to think about like, crap, what now? Do I start a new website? Do I do I try to turn my current game website into a studio website? You're taken care of. Studio websites are fantastic. Very good idea there. So once you've done all of those things, you are going to be in pretty fantastic shape and you really won't have put that much work into it. I mean, if you use a basic theme in WordPress and do very little customization, you can get a pretty good looking website out of it because you're doing something that naturally generates art. And so the the biggest challenge when you're putting together a website is how do I make it look pretty? If you're making a game, you've probably got some things that look pretty. And maybe in they can be rough art, you know, whatever. People like that stuff. They like to see it. They feel like they're getting a behind the scenes look. And people feel more connected to you and to your product. So you really are in a position whether you think so or not to make a pretty great website. And if you want to ask me personally sometime about that, I can point you in the right direction with very simple steps, like hopefully I've done here. Let's spend the last few minutes of this episode, because I'm almost done harping on this topic for the week. Let's talk about some individual things you can include on your website and in your press kit to, you know, set yourself apart, to make people stop and take notice, to sort of pique people's interest. Okay, so you need a website with special pages for your game that talk about the basics. You need the description of the game. You need the description of the style and the category, the status of where you're at in development. So if you don't have a release date, that's okay. 
talk about when the game's coming out or, you know, uh, what stage you're at in development and, you know, your best guess of when it might come out. Don't don't do a date before you're ready. Don't don't let me pressure you to do that because that's just trouble. We all know that. Okay, YouTube trailers. I say YouTube trailers for a couple reasons. One, people are all familiar with embedded YouTube videos by now. They know they can hit this thing, they don't have to leave the website, and they can still see a video, uh, just like they would on Steam or anywhere else that all feed off of YouTube. But they can stop and watch a video to give them some idea about what your game is about. That's very helpful. The other thing is, you're going to need YouTube trailers anyway for when you are ready to release. If you're not at release time yet, it's not. It's probably not too soon to have a trailer on standby, both for the website and for if anyone, you know, maybe maybe a publisher comes knocking and goes, you know, hey, what's this look like? Or you just, you know, meet a new friend on Twitter or something like that, and they go, wow, th- your, your screenshot of your game looks interesting. Is there anything else I can look at? Yes, look at this YouTube trailer. Great. Moving on, links to social media. Think of everything. Don't leave any stone unturned. Do Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Discord. I don't care if your studio has a TikTok account. That's probably weird. If it does, show me, because I can't imagine what you'd be doing. But I'm still very interested in that. If you uh, stream, like we talked about last week, if you do development streams or you know, you, you just do occasional uh, playtesting streams, stuff like that, put up your Twitch or your uh, YouTube gaming, whatever the case is. Good idea to have a Discord server set up. We already talked about that. Store links, whether you're at launch or not. So as you know, you can have people uh, add games to their wish list on Steam. People can save things on itch.io and subscribe to updates and stuff. Uh, I don't know a thing about the Epic Store. I've not been there as a developer or as a player. Uh, I'm sure I will at some point. Make sure you get your press kit stuff sorted out. Again, I recommend you do a page version of your press kit with just all the info in the HTML. Another reason for that, Google will index it and it will start showing up in searches. So people will search for stuff like new action games, Bunny Festival 2. I love that I didn't stray from this example one single time during this episode. Also get that downloadable copy of the press kit. Throw some screenshots in it, maybe a track from the soundtrack or two. Try putting in a lightweight version of the trailer, and I don't care if you copy the rest from the page we just talked about. Just zip it all up, have it available on your server for people to download. That will serve you well. Press releases. We'll talk again about press releases soon, but you, I'm here to tell you, you can write your own press release and release it on actual PR wires for free. I've done it. It was very effective, and it led to some very interesting things. So we'll talk about that again soon. Blog updates, do blog updates, just, I mean, tell, do developer diaries. That was very popular with, like, what's a good example? Uh, When they were working on Stellaris, because that had a really long development cycle, those developer diaries were fantastic. And one day, maybe you hit it big and you release this as a book or something. Look at it as an investment in the current time and the future. That will always benefit you to do, and you've got a growing base of indexable content in Google's eyes. I'm so bad at saying Google quickly, sorry. Uh, Photos, any photos. Now this includes screenshots, pictures of your setup, if you have an interesting workspace at home, or if you don't. Like People like seeing photos of games being produced. 
Don't be afraid to do that and start yourself an Instagram at the same time. Believe me, there is a, just like on Twitter, there is a game dev community on Instagram. And players have caught on to that and they, they sort of watch for that. It, co- it costs you almost no time at all. So your phone has a nice camera, snap a few pictures once in a while, and then think about like bonus downloads. Always be thinking about bonus downloads you can put on the website. So whether that's different photos, uh, soundtrack stuff, screensavers, not screensavers, uh, desktop wallpapers. Nobody does screensavers anymore. But anything you can think of that people might like, very small, like mini demos, stuff like that, have some bonus stuff on your website. That way you can give people a reason to check it out. And I'll have a chance to cut this off right at 30 minutes if I stop now. So let me know your thoughts on that. Let me know if I've convinced you you need a studio website. And with that, I leave you. Talk to you next week. Congratulations on your game dev breakdown, whatever that is. Sounds idiotic to me. Mm-hmm.